Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 28th, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, today is February 28th, but it is not the last day of the month. This is a leap year, of course. We will have a 29th of February, but I have to tell you, I don't know about you, but I feel like January took about six years and February took about six minutes. So even though we've got an extra day in this month, it still feels like this month has flown by. But that means we are getting ever so close to the full-fledged, knockdown, drag-out two months of theater openings. How are you feeling about that? Are you okay? Yeah, honestly, less February, more March and April, because that's when I finally get to see a lot of these shows that I've been working on and all the shows that I've been anticipating. Like, listen, I didn't get to see The Notebook out of town. I can't wait to see it on Broadway. There are so many shows that are opening up that I have not had the opportunity to see out of town. So this is very exciting personally, but also from a an industry standpoint, it's very exciting to see all of the shows that are opening up because it hopefully means more jobs. And listen, that might mean for three months, that might mean for three years, you never know. But the fact that there are so many shows that honestly, pre-pandemic, were on track to be on Broadway probably by 2020, 2021, are just now having that is very exciting. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into some of the conversations about things happening in New York City over the next few months. This one is not a Broadway show, but it is still incredibly exciting because the Atlantic Theater Company announced the cast for the upcoming new dark comedy called The Welkin. This show will begin performances on May 16th and is currently scheduled to run through June 30th under the direction of Sarah Benson. The cast includes Paige Gilbert, Anne Harada, Jen Kidwell, Mary McCann, Emily McCass McConnell, Dale Souls, Danny Woolahan, Haley Wong, and Sandra O. Oh. I did a little checking. It has been like 20 years since Sandra O oh has been on a New York stage. And for Everything that she has done in her career on screens, mostly small, but on the big screen as well, whether that is Grey's Anatomy or Killing Eve or The Chair or anything else that she's done. She's always felt like a theater person to me, Grace. So to have her coming back to the New York stage this spring is incredibly exciting. Oh, did you hear me? Did you hear me scream from my office desk? (laughs) Um, When I saw this on my feed, I had no idea that Sandra O was coming to our stages. I had no idea that Anne Harada was returning to our stages. Maybe me and some others definitely texted about when are we going to this? How are we getting tickets? Like what's happening? I was trying to think. I was like, when when has Sandra O been on stage? Yeah. So she has three off Broadway credits, two of them like actual regular original cast. She also did the vagina monologues, but many, many people came into the vagina monologues very briefly. But she won a Theater World Award in 1998 for Stop Kiss at the Public Theater. Then in 2006, she was also at the Public Theater in a show called Satellites, which earned her both a Drama League and a Drama Desk Award nomination. I think it is great that we are getting her back in this show. The description for the show reads thusly, set in rural England in 1759, the piece centers on a young woman who was sentenced to death. When she tries to escape the noose by claiming she is pregnant, 12 ordinary women are gathered to decide whether she is telling the truth as the country awaits the return of Haley's Comet. 
All right, let's get back to the Broadway, though, and things that are happening during this theatrical season. Yesterday, the entire cast was announced for the upcoming Broadway premiere of Peter Morgan's Patriots. We already know that this show will begin performances at the Ethel Barrymore Theater on April 1st with an opening night on April 22nd. We knew that Michael Stuhlbarg would be playing Boris Berenzovsky, and Olivier Award winner Will Keane will reprise his award-winning role as Vladimir Putin. In the Broadway production, we will also see Luke Thalen, Stella Baker, Ronald Gutman, and Alex Hurt. The rest of the entire 18-person ensemble we will have listed in the show notes. But another thing that was very excited about this production, Grace, was announced yesterday that Netflix has come on as a producer for this show. This will be their very first Broadway producing credit. Of course, they are also involved in the West End production of Stranger Things, The First Shadow. But the New York Times has reported that Netflix is in the early stages of developing a screen adaptation of Patriots. I was hoping that when I saw this headline that I'd open it and say and see that they were going to just film it and put this on Netflix. But I guess their involvement has to do with a more proper screen adaptation. But Stranger Things makes sense, Grace. The Stranger Things play makes sense why Netflix is involved. This is a little bit more outside of what I thought we would see Netflix doing to get involved in the Broadway space. This is not established IP that they're involved in. It's not established IP at all, other than the fact that it's you know based on real people. So this one was I was a little surprised by this one. This is not what I would have guessed would bring them to a Broadway producing credit for the very first time. I actually think it makes a ton of sense because I think that if they view the piece to be really good right and they've got michael attached to it like i could see a world where they produce this for netflix for awards consideration for oscars you know i don't think that it gets the same level of attention when something is put on streaming that was so well um you know uh, they had amazing accolades like hamilton for example hamilton did disney plus and then they got a lot of recognition but certainly not a lot of like award standings like they would if this was like a netflix original film and i think that they want to be a major competitor for hbo max so Mm -hmm. i i personally think it's really smart for them to take this angle to be a producer on the show if they're going to invest in it as a film piece they want to make sure that that's going to be fruitful for them later on. So it makes sense to me. I agree with you, though. I was kind of stunned because I thought that their first venture into this was going to be Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. So I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, I, I I thought that they would have just waited a season or two until they brought Stranger, Stranger Things over to Broadway. But I'm uh, very excited that this story, which has gotten such great acclaim over in the UK, is going to be preserved in one way or another. All right, let's take a real quick break to talk about one of our sponsors for this week, Factor. Grace, today is Wednesday. As you know, Wednesday is the day when you have to lock in the meals that you want for next week so that they can package them and get them sent and all of that stuff. I got the sun-dried tomato chicken, which is I get every week that it's available because it's my absolute favorite. I got multiple boxes of that. I got a new spicy Calabrian-style ground beef, which looks very, very good. And then I also got pork tenderloin and cheesy cabbage, as well as my breakfast. I got smoky bacon and cheddar egg bites. I love everything about Factor Meals. They are quick. They are delicious. They are healthy. They are dietitian approved and chef crafted, but they've also made my workday so much better that I'm not just sitting here snacking on crap all day. I'm actually eating something delicious and nutritious during my lunch break. 
This is the thing. Factor meals have ruined going out for me. I will be brave. I will say it. Factor meals are two minutes and the entire meal is totally prepared for you. I don't have to spend a fortune and go out in New York City or have those terribly expensive delivery fees attached to it. No, no, no. I just take it out of my refrigerator. I put it in the microwave. I sit down and I get to eat. But the fact that I have such an exciting, very exhausting lifestyle ahead of me, especially in the spring season, it's so imperative that I have quick and easy meals like Factor. And this is the best way that I've found to actually feed myself. So head to factormeals.com slash Broadway50 and use code Broadway50 to get 50% off. That's code Broadway50 at factormeals.com slash Broadway50 to get 50% off. All right, Grace, let's dive into last week's Broadway grosses. We saw one more show join the boards last week, and that was the show we talked about yesterday, Water for Elephants. During its first week on Broadway, they only did two previews, but they ended up grossing $344,493. If you extrapolate that to an entire normal eight-show week, that is just under $1.38 million, so a really nice start for them over at the Imperial. Overall, Broadway brought in just a little bit under what it had done the previous week, but that previous week was part of the President's Day weekend, so this actually is pretty strong. To come in at $26,049,492, they actually increased total attendance to 205,020 people. The average ticket price did drop, though, to $127.06. Overall, Wicked was the top grocer on Broadway for the first time in a long time, coming in at $2,017,690. It was followed closely by The Lion King, which was also over $2 million. Then we had Hamilton at $1.88. Merrily We Roll Along was in fourth place at $1.57. Then MJ the Musical at $1.48. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order are Sweeney Todd, again, just seven performances, Moulin Rouge, Aladdin, Cursed Child, which was the high play on Broadway, of course, and Juliet, Back to the Future, Hades Town, and Six. Chicago continues to do incredibly well with Ariana Maddox in there. They did 969000 bucks overall. I think it is worthy to point out that appropriate in the teeny tiny Helen Hayes Theater did $859,270, Grace. That is an incredible number for that house. Overall, there were 13 shows north of $1 million, and 21 of the 24 shows running on Broadway last week came in with 90% attendance or above. That's really good news, honestly, for the entire street. Every single show needed that. They need that kind of a week, especially ahead of a very very packed May. Like, I cannot stress this enough. So making sure that those audiences are loading in properly, making sure that everybody is kind of like seeing everything that there is to see, especially during a holiday weekend is super important leading into the spring. So um, it's very good news for, for all shows, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do some show and casting news. Yesterday, we had talked about it previously, but it was confirmed that Jeremy O'Harris's Slave Play will be making its UK premiere later this year. It'll begin performances on June 29th at the Noel Coward Theater, and they announced their cast. I teased it. 
I had to explain my tease to you uh, after we recorded Grace, but Kit Harrington will be joining the cast. None of the press releases said exactly what role he will be playing, although you could kind of deduce it based off of some other information. But I was able to confirm that he will be playing Paul Alexander Nolan. I think the character's name in Jim, but he's playing Paul Alexander Nolan. So if you know, you know. And if you know, you know where you need to get your seats. But also joining the cast is Olivia Washington. That is Denzel Washington's daughter. They are both new to the production. There are a couple other folks who are joining it for the first time. But a large number of this cast was either in the uh, the 2018 Off-Broadway run or the 2019 Broadway productions, and in many cases, both of them. James Cusati Moyer is returning, Chalia Latour, Annie McNamara, and Irene Sophia Lucio. I think it's awesome that they are bringing in some additional stars, Grace, but also having a a number of folks from that original Broadway production, including multiple Tony nominees. There are actually three of the the folks that are returning received Tony nominations in 2020. I think this is great. I think this is the way you should do something like this. And having stars like Kit Harrington and Olivia Washington joining it can only uh, add a little bit more buzz to the show when it begins performances in June. I think it's really exciting that they are. I'm very curious actually to see what, UK audiences think of this show mm-hmm. when they took the show to New York and then they did it on Broadway and then they brought it back, you know, post pandemic, the critical reception and the audience reception was honestly very different. And then when they brought it to LA, you look at a lot of the the rhetoric that was used when they went, it, it was just, it was really interesting. So I'm fascinated by how UK audiences are going to take this show. I'm interested to see what the uh, critical reception is and the audience reception is, but I think that this is a star-studded cast. It's very exciting and I'm I'm excited to learn more. Based off of the UK critics' reaction to Town, I'm not sure that I care what their reaction is, but I am interested in what the audience's reactions are. Wait, Matt, did they not like it? They did not really care for it. No, they did not. <gasps> but Even after it being at the National? Well, it got really not great reviews when it was at the National. But I, I just, we talked about this before, like, the UK sensibilities for musicals are much different. They're very different. Than- yeah, and, I, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just that they like certain types of musicals differently than we do. They tend to be, I think, a little bit more highbrow in their plays than they are with their musicals, where I think Broadway audiences and American audiences tend to be a little bit more highbrow with their musicals than they are with the plays. So it's interesting to have that dichotomy, but they weren't great. Uh, our friend Kate Ranking kind of had a little bit of a... Twitter thread on the reviews because they do love that show. But yeah, not great reviews. I We need to actually, you know what we need to do is we need to get John Schwab uh, on the show to kind of talk about the differences between British theater and American theater and kind of give us a little bit of an explanation as to where the individual picadillos of audiences and critics differ. All right. So one more bit of news here that I feel like we have to touch. And this one is our... Queen Carrie Young coming back to an off-Broadway stage ever so quickly, but just for one week. She is joining the second stage production of The Apiary for the final week of its off-Broadway run starting today. She is taking over for April Mathis, who had to leave due to a scheduling conflict. Young had previously done the part during most of its developmental period, including a reading last year, but she is jumping into the play starting on February 28th and just going until it closes on March 3rd. So Carrie Young 
the goat just staying booked, blessed and busy. And uh, we love to see that. All right, Grace, let's take another real quick break to talk about our friends over at BetterHelp who are sponsoring the show this week. We've talked so much about how crazy busy this spring is going to be for everybody working in and around the theatrical community. But it's important to make sure that when things get especially hectic, that you are focusing on what matters most to you. Obviously, your time is going to be limited with work things and commitments and places you have to be, but it's imperative to make sure that you check in on yourself and on your loved ones and the things that recharge you. One of the ways that you can figure out what is the most important to you and your schedule is by talking to a therapist. They can help you itemize the things that really fuel you, and that is why BetterHelp is a great option, and there is no better time to do that than right now, Grace. I'm already finding myself absolutely stretched between work and not having enough time for myself. And BetterHelp is one of those ways that all of us can actually give back to ourselves in a really meaningful way. Listen, therapy is one of the best tools to actually evaluate like what needs improvement in your life, how you can give back to yourself. I know that all of us are in a world where we want to just give the world to our friends and our family, but a lot of times we leave ourselves kind of hanging and we don't dedicate enough time to a lot of that mental health help. And BetterHelp is one of the easiest and fastest way to make sure that you actually ensure a better healthy lifestyle for your mental health. It's an easy app to download and you're not sitting in a strange room with some stranger that you don't know. You're at your easy to use phone that we are all listening to this podcast on anyways. So BetterHelp is the way. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Broadway today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Broadway. All right, Grace, a few little bits of news here real quick before we wrap up the show. Yesterday, Deadline reported that Al Pacino and Jessica Chastain would be reuniting after having worked together previously in a new big screen adaptation of William Shakespeare's King Lear. This one is going to be called Lear Rex. It'll be written and directed by Bernard Rose, and Al Pacino will, of course, be playing King Lear. Jessica Chastain will star as Goneril. The rest of the cast will be announced. These two had previously worked both on stage and screen together in Salome, and that was actually Chastain's first film appearance in Wild Salome, which uh, Pacino actually directed as well. Off-Broadway, we got news yesterday that Manhattan Theatre Club is going to be extending Brooklyn Laundry ahead of its opening night. It will now play for two extra weeks. It'll play through April 14th. And To wrap up the news section, we found out that Santino Fontana is joining the lineup for Maria Friedman's one-night-only benefit concert at the Hudson Theater on March 4th. The show is called Legacy, an evening with Maria Friedman and friends, and they will be performing songs by Stephen Sondheim, Marvin Hamlish, and Michelle Legrand. Speaking of that, that leads me perfectly into my feel-good recommendation, which is the aforementioned Maria Friedman in rehearsals for the show, doing a little bit of Broadway Baby from Follies. It is so cool to see this woman performing again after she has kind of transitioned from life on the stage to directing. So certainly want to recommend you check this out. I think this is a very cool video. 
All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And follow me on Instagram at Matt Grace, where can people find you? You can find me at It's Grace Hockey. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.